0: Let's pray and ask God for His help. Our gracious God and loving heavenly Father, we thank and praise you for the wonderful salvation that is ours in the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray that you help us to know better this evening from your word how we as saved people should respond to our world, and we pray it in Jesus name. Amen. So have a listen to this statistic, it's a statistic that I heard a few years ago in men's convention in a survey a few years ago, of Australians said that they don't know any Christians. 65% of Australians don't know anyone who they're aware is a Christian. That's pretty bad, don't you think? That is pretty bad. For more than half of Australians, even if they did want to know the truth about Jesus, they wouldn't know anyone to ask. That's pretty bad because, as the book of Colossians tells us, Jesus offers us full salvation. We've seen it together in Colossians. Naturally, we are enemies of God, facing God's judgment on our sin. But Jesus Died and rose again in our place. When we put our faith in Jesus, we are united to Him. His death becomes our death to that old life of sin. His resurrection becomes our resurrection, our new life. We are gifted with His righteousness before God. And so we stand before God forgiven, holy, without blemish, free from accusation, saved from God's anger and judgment on our sin. Jesus offers us full salvation. And as we've seen in Colossians, that is a salvation that needs no supplement, needs no additions. There is nothing that we can do to add to the salvation that Jesus offers. If he saves you, then you are perfect before God. Your relationship with God cannot get any better. Jesus offers us full salvation. A salvation that we have seen in Colossians is a life-changing salvation. A salvation that gives us a whole new life to live. A life that is pleasing to God in ourselves, in our family relationships, in our churches. And as we've looked at Colossians together, I hope you agree with me on this. This is a salvation worth having. This is a salvation infinitely eternally worth having nothing could be more worth having than this salvation of the lord jesus christ and so friends it is desperately vitally important is it not that people hear about jesus it is desperately vitally important that people put their faith in him and so it is critical that they get to hear about him from people who know about him what a tragedy then 65% of Australians would say in a survey that they don't know any Christians. That's the kind of issue that Paul now addresses in his letter. He talks about how fully saved people should relate to an unsaved world, to, to outsiders, to people who don't rely on Jesus. Paul says, very simple passage, Paul says there are two things we can do. Two things, two two vital things that we, we really must do to help other people know about Jesus. Two things, first he says, first he tells the Colossians to talk to God about people. And then he tells the Colossians, secondly, to talk to people about God. To talk to God about people and to talk to people about God. Let's take them one by one. First, talking to God about people. Paul tells the Colossians, you've got to get serious about prayer. Have a look with me, Colossians chapter 4 and verse 2. Colossians chapter 4 and verse 2. Paul writes, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. That's a pretty strong word, isn't it? Devote. Devote. We say someone is, um, we might say someone is devoted to a cause or uh, devoted to their job or devoted to their children. What, what do we mean by that? That, that? We mean that they take it very seriously. They're passionate about it. They're persistent about it. They're determined about it. They don't, they don't give up. Paul is saying to the Colossians, be like that in prayer. Devote yourselves to prayer, he says, to, to, to watchful prayer, being awake, being aware of what's going on around you, to thankful prayer, prayer that is grounded in the good news of the full salvation we have in Christ. And then Paul goes on to focus on a specific type of prayer. He says, Colossians, would you please pray for me? Pray for my work of evangelism. Pray that God would open a door for the message, so, so, so that people will want to hear the message. And he says, "Pray pray that I can clearly proclaim the message." He says, "Please talk to God so I can help people become Christians," verse three. And pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ. We've talked about the mystery of Christ already, haven't we? This is the that the message that Jesus offers full salvation to all people, both Jew and Gentile. That in Jesus there is the hope of glory, um, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Notice that also we've said a few times that Paul is writing this from jail, haven't we? That this is why, because he says he's, he's in chains. Let me go back again. Pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Can you see why Paul wants prayer here? No door will open for the message unless God opens it. People won't want to know about Jesus unless God enables them to know about Jesus. And, and, and people, even people like Paul won't be able to clearly proclaim it, proclaim the message about Jesus in such a way that people can understand, unless God helps. And so he wants prayer. Friends, we cannot have any impact on outsiders unless God graciously allows it. And so Christians need to be devoted to prayer. We need to pray for people who tell others about Jesus, for missionaries, for for ministers, for, for evangelists. And we need to pray for ourselves as well. Pray that we will have the opportunity to talk about Jesus. Pray that we will tell the truth about Jesus clearly. And we've got to pray for the people we talk to. Ask God, please open their eyes so they can believe in Jesus. It won't happen unless God makes it happen, we need to pray. That's the first key to helping people know about Jesus, be devoted to prayer, talk to God about people. Second thing, then, the second thing is talking to people about God. Paul says to the Colossians, I want you to be wise in the way that you behave and wise in such a way that you get opportunities to talk about Jesus. And then he says, you've got to take those opportunities. Verse 5. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. What do you think Paul means there by be wise in the way you act towards outsiders? Outsiders has got to be non-Christians, doesn't it? What does it mean to be wise in the way you act towards them then? Uh, Well, for example, we might say that a person is wise in their investments. What do we mean by that? We mean that they, they think carefully about what they're doing. They Plan. They do their research. They, they keep on top, at the top of the stock market. They read the financial review. They, they, they do what it takes to carefully think through how they will manage their investments. Well, Paul's saying do the same thing with non-Christians. Be wise in the way you act towards them. Try to work out, how can I get an opportunity to tell this person about Jesus? How can I have, have, have some way of being able to encourage them to trust Jesus be calculated, be clever, consider how you can get to share your faith. Now, that might sound a bit mercenary. Uh, like having a hidden agenda or something like that. But if you think about it, you're not trying to hurt people. You're not trying to exploit them. You're not trying to uh, take something from them. It's, it's like carefully planning how you can give them the best Christmas present ever or something like that. Uh, carefully planning how to give them a surprise party or something. Uh, Jesus offers full salvation, it's the most important thing that people could ever have, telling them about Jesus is the nicest thing you could possibly do for them, Paul is saying, be wise about it. What will that look like? Well, it might mean knowing when to shut up and listen. It might mean knowing when to ask good questions questions that make people think through what they believe it might mean knowing when and how to speak up planning to to make gospel opportunities and then paul says when the opportunities come what do you do you take them (laughs) when you get the opportunity to talk about jesus don't be a coward don't go all silent be bold make the most of every opportunity Uh, A lady, uh, a very faithful, godly Christian lady from our church, as she was walking out this morning, said to me, for for months and months I've been trying to talk to my neighbours and just develop a relationship with them. And then this morning, as I was walking out to church, someone said, where are you going this morning? Are you going shopping? And she said, do you know what I said? I said, oh, maybe later. She said, I've been kicking myself all the way to church and then this sermon happened and I'm going to wreck my whole day. (laughs) (laughs) When the opportunities come, take them. Notice Paul's not saying be rude. He's not saying bash people over the head with a large black Bible. He's not saying you have to twist every conversation to be about Jesus. He's not saying you have to carry a big sign around saying repent for the end is nigh. No, this is a different tack altogether. This is about being wise, careful, thoughtful. And he goes on to say, um, let your conversation be full of grace, which may mean uh, be gracious in the way you speak, But possibly more likely it means to be full of the gospel. Just be so full of Jesus and the grace that's his that you can't help but talk about it. Like some person who can't stop talking about wine or trains or something like that. You're full of grace in your conversation. And he says also be a bit salty. Interesting expression there. I think it means something like drop a bit of spice in here and there where you talk. Just drop it there and see what happens so that people will ask you about your faith and so that you'll be able to tailor your answer appropriately verse 6 let your conversation be always full of grace seasoned with salt so that you may know how to answer everyone yeah you know, in practice this is actually fairly easy uh, We've talked about this many times before, but it might be just as simple as asking somebody what they did on the weekend. I mean, ask genuinely. Take a real interest in what they did on the weekend. Listen to what they say. Interact with them. Be kind. Be gracious. Eventually, chances are what will happen? They'll ask you what you did on the weekend. And what will you say? I went to church. I heard a talk about how Jesus is so great that I should tell everyone about him. You might get a raised eyebrow. Uh, the person might think less of you but you've wisely made and taken an opportunity you've been salty you haven't been rude you haven't forced yourself on them you just answered their question and you never know they might be interested they might want to know more but but i tell you what at the very least they're not going to be one of the 65% of australians who don't know a christian anymore Because they know you and you're out of the closet. They know now that you are a Christian. It is not that hard for a serious Christian to get into a conversation about God. In fact, you know what? I would say that if you are a serious Christian, a fair income Christian, you have to deliberately censor yourself to not talk about God. You have to make a deliberate effort to not talk about Jesus. You have to actually not tell the whole truth when someone asks you where are you going, like that lady this morning. I remember when I first became a Christian, I desperately wanted my parents and my brother and sister to become Christians, as I still do, but I was scared to talk to them and so I would say nothing, opportunities would come and I'd let them pass by and meanwhile I'd be feeling more and more guilty and it kind of build up and build up and build up and then suddenly i'd kind of explode and blurt it out you're all going to hell you have to rely on jesus and they'd say you've gone completely insane and we'd have a big argument about it with with lots of tears and nothing was achieved uh, eventually someone said to me jeff you're going about it all the wrong way he said he said stop trying to force things just be uncensored if they ask you where you were last night don't clam up just say i went to bible study Talk openly about your life, including your Christian life, and you won't be able to help talking about Jesus. It'll come up naturally in conversation. Stop censoring yourself. I've got to say that was great advice. uh Although I also have to say that my parents are onto it and now they don't ask me anything about myself because anything they ask me seems to have something to do with Jesus or church. Uh, But but I'm not being rude or forcing myself on them. On the other hand, I'm not hiding who I am. Can you see the second key to having an impact on outsiders? Uh, We talk to people about God. I want to do a bit of an exercise with you. Um, bit of an exercise the other day I was reading some statistics from the American Institute of Church Growth and they are statistics about the reasons why people come to church and become Christians so there are about 8,000 church attenders surveyed and they were asked what was the primary thing that brought you to church and to Christ what was the primary thing that brought you to church and to Christ and a whole heap of possible reasons were given Um, so just work with me on this Have a guess, I'll give you some of the reasons, and you just have a guess in your own mind, what percentage of people would be brought to church from this reason? Okay, I'll give you example number one, evangelistic campaigns. What do you reckon? You know, Billy Graham and all these great characters, Uh, evangelistic campaigns, what percentage of people do you think are brought to church and to Jesus through evangelistic campaigns? Just think about it in your head. The answer... 0.5 percent about one person in 200 comes to church through an evangelistic campaign Uh, let me give you another reason what about an active church program lots of stuff is happening at church you've got tuesday clubs and wednesday clubs and everything's happening in the church there's lots of things to do how many people do you reckon come to church because of an active church program got a figure in your head Answer from this survey: about two to three percent. About one person in fifty comes to find something to do. Uh, What about a good kids' church program? We invest hard in our kids' church program. We've got an excellent kids' church program. Many of you are working hard at it. How many people you reckon come to church and come to come to Christ through a good kids' church program? Got a figure in your head? Answer: about five to six percent. About one person in twenty. What about this for a reason? Good preaching. Come on, what do you think? Good preaching. Spend all my week working on this. How many people are coming to church and to Christ because of good preaching? About 5 to 6%. Again, about one person in 20. What about this one? Here's the reason. Um, the influence of a friend or relative. What do you reckon? How many people... Brought to church and to Christ through the influence of a friend or relative. Answer? Uh, Between 75 and 90% of people come to church and to faith in Christ through the influence of a friend or relative. Yes, you heard right. Around about 8 out of 10 people come to church and to faith in Christ primarily through the influence of a friend or relative. Can you see? It's exactly what Paul's talking about, isn't it? By far the most important kind of evangelism, by far the most important way to grow a church, by far the most important way to bring people into God's kingdom is ordinary Christians talking to their friends and relatives about Jesus. Ordinary Christians making opportunities and taking them. Humanly speaking, that's what makes the difference. Okay, well, let's come back to the issues we started with, the 65% of Australians who don't know about Jesus, the, the, the vital importance of people knowing about Jesus, what we can do. It's no big secret, is it? Talk to God about people. Talk to people about God. You know what? I reckon, I reckon this is really good news because these are things that we all can do. Sometimes, sometimes I, I think we feel like there's no way that I could have an impact it's all beyond me. I haven't got enough PhDs in theology to be able to do anybody any good. It's not like that at all. This isn't beyond us. All of us can pray. It's possible. This week I visited Hyacinth, lying in hospital, blood clot in her leg, can't move out of bed for more than half an hour a week. What's she doing there? She's praying. We can all Ask God to give people faith in Jesus. We can all ask God to help Christians share the message about Jesus clearly. It's something you can do. It's something you can do. And here it is at the very top of the list of effective things we can do to impact on our world. The same with sharing with people what it means to be a Christian. All of us can do that. We can all gently share what it means for us to be a Christian. We can all be a bit salty every now and then and then answer questions when they come. We've all got opportunities to talk to people at work, in our families, at school or or sport. It is very, very simple to have an impact on outsiders. You just tell the truth about yourself and what you believe and what you know and what you do and, and Jesus, who is your Lord, is not beyond us at all. So what's the problem? The problem is we don't seem to do it. That, that's true of prayer, isn't it? Uh, very few modern Australian Christians are devoted to prayer. I've known a few exceptions. I think there are a couple of exceptions, at least, in our church. But I know for most of us, prayer is something we do pretty rarely, isn't it? Perhaps we pray in church. If we can stay awake and listen to the prayer. Perhaps we pray in Bible study together. But perhaps, what, once or twice a week, maybe, if we're lucky? Ten minutes here or there, Perhaps. We'd have to really stretch the meaning of the word devote to say that we're devoted to prayer. I think we spend way more time watching TV than praying. In fact, I think probably most of us spend way more time watching commercials on TV than we do on praying. We've got lots of excuses, but I don't think any of them really cut it. Maybe many of us would say that we are too busy to pray. We're not too busy, we've just got wrong priorities. Have a listen to the way uh, Don Carson puts it from his book, A Call to Spiritual Reformation. It matters little whether you are the mother of active children who drain away your energy or an important executive in a major multinational corporation or a graduate student cramming for impending exams or a plumber working overtime to put your children through school or a pastor of a large church putting in 90 hours a week. At the end of the day, if you are too busy to pray, you are too busy, cut something out. There you go. Couldn't have said it any more clearly myself. Maybe some of us would say we feel no need to pray. Or we feel too spiritually dry to pray. Or we feel too bitter to pray. Or too ashamed to pray. Or we don't know how to pray. But in the final analysis, none of these excuses are good enough reasons to disobey God's clear command. God says, devote yourself to prayer. The world needs us to pray people are going to a christless eternity and somehow in god's sovereign plan he wants us to be part of helping them he wants us to talk to him about them so how can we do it how can we more be more devoted to prayer there are lots of things we can do it's good to set aside a particular time each day to pray that's a very good habit it's good to read books on prayer Good to meet with other people to pray. It's good to use things like prayer diaries. Warren encouraged us a few weeks ago to use a prayer diary. But really, the, the fundamental thing, the fundamental thing is this. We've got to know Jesus. We've got to remember what he's done. He died to put us right with God. He died to fully save us. Other people need that. And God commands us. He says that our prayers matter. We need to believe Jesus. Not just in theory, but so that it changes our actions. That's what will inspire us. And then we've just got to get to it. Start praying. If you find it hard to pray, pray about it. Ask God to help you pray. Charles Spurgeon puts it very well. He says, pray for prayer pray till you can pray. There you go. If you can't think of anything to pray about, try this prayer. God, please help me to pray. That'd be a good start. And It's the same with talking to people about God. Uh, Most Christians don't share their faith. In another survey, this time of 22 million American Christians, that's a big survey, isn't it? 22 million American Christians, it was found that uh, about one in 15 Christians are trying to share their faith actively. One in 15. And uh, only about one in 50 Christians has ever helped another person become a Christian. Again, we've got all kinds of excuses. Um, I'd say, as I've talked to people about this, that the two biggest obstacles that people tell me about are that they feel unprepared, or that they feel scared and embarrassed. We feel unprepared, we feel embarrassed. Well, what can you say? The solution's pretty obvious, isn't it? If you are unprepared, what's the solution? Do you need me to tell you? Get prepared. Learn a gospel outline. It's not hard, my seven-year-old could tell you a clear gospel outline. Most well-taught Sunday school kids could teach you a gospel outline. Uh, Like, you know the one they do with the five colors? So you start with uh, green means creation, black means we all sin against God, red means Jesus died for our sin, white means when we trust Jesus, we're cleansed from our sin, gold means that uh, Jesus will return and bring us to the new heaven and earth. So simple, so simple. You can do it, it's possible. Five minutes, perhaps, that'd take you easy dead easy to prepare yourself to share the gospel and if people come up with tough questions that's not a problem don't be embarrassed that's fantastic because it gives you a good excuse to talk to them again you just say great question I don't know the answer let me find out I'll get back to you and we'll talk more brilliant Um, also at men's convention um, Simon Manchester told us a story about a boy who became a Christian and uh, immediately he started telling his friend at school about Jesus uh, the friend kept coming up with difficult questions. The boy didn't know how to answer them. And so what he used to do, he, he would get a tape recorder, he'd take it to his minister, and he'd, he'd say to the minister, here's the question, can you please tape your answer? And then he'd take it back to his friend and play the tape to his friend. Uh, eventually, after he'd done this a few times, he said to his friend, look, why don't you just come to the church and talk to my minister yourself? <laughs> um, his friend came, and he became a Christian. You don't have to know that much to share your faith. It is easy to get prepared the real problem the real problem is that we're scared we're embarrassed what do you say about that what is there to say we just have to get over it don't we we need to get our spines back friends there's too much at stake here for us to mess around if it is not true that Jesus fully saves you get honest give up being a Christian if it is true that Jesus fully saves you then don't be a coward be brave friends here's where it's at we need to trust Jesus we need to trust him enough to act enough so that we pray enough so that we talk about him so let me conclude by asking you do you believe in Jesus do you believe he's fully saved you Do you really really believe it? Well, then let's get to it. Let's talk to God about people and let's talk to people about God. Let's pray. Our gracious God and loving Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you for the magnificent full salvation that is ours in the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you that he has done everything it takes for us to be perfect with you. Father, this is something that we want and it's something that we want for other people as well. So please, work in us by your spirit so that we are bold and brave in sharing the gospel with other people and help us to humbly speak to you and call on you to do your great work of salvation. Please help us in this, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.